you don't ever have to work for power. You don't ever have to toil for power. You don't ever have to wait for power. You and I don't ever have to fast for power. You and I don't ever have to praise and give thanks for power. You and I don't have to believe God for power, to try to perceive power, to try to release power. You and I don't have to do anything to receive what's freely given over to us, period. We don't have to work for the might of God. We don't have to fast for the might of God. We don't have to do anything but only believe that we freely receive what God has given unto us. If God's on the inside of us, then why am I waiting to receive what comes with him? That is an attribute of him. That's a characteristic of him. And we are just like him. He said, I have given you all power. So why am I waiting to receive what's already given unto me? Got to be careful what you hear. Got to be careful what you say. Got to be careful where you go. Got to be careful who you allow to enter into your ear gate, enter into your heart, enter into your mind, enter into your family, enter into your purpose, enter into your believing, your faith, your trust, your family, anything about you. Got to be careful. Don't let labor in when it's not a labor of love. Don't let work in if you're not God's workmanship. Don't let any steward in if it's not God's stewardship. Don't let a son in if it's not God's sonship. Don't let a friend in if it's not a friendship. Don't let a citizen in if it's not a citizenship. Don't let a heart in if it's not heartfelt. Don't let faith in that doesn't produce works. Don't allow a word to come in and choke what you hurt. Don't allow someone's words that seem to be confident to tear down your confidence. God said, I've given you all power. You don't have to do nothing but receive that. Do you believe that? Okay, you got it. Just like you believe that Christ is your Lord. Okay, you have him. Everything from God is God been given to us for free because the price was not in us. The price was in Christ on Calvary. So you can pray, you can lay hands, you can raise the dead, you can speak in tongues and diverse tongues, you can heal the sick, you can open up blind eyes, you can speak miracles into your life, into others' lives, you go have what you say, you can declare and decree, you can bind and loose, you can stand or be against, because you have power too. You've been given all the power. You've been given all of God. You've been given visions. You've been given dreams. So you have to guard your heart. I don't care if you're standing with your mother. You have to guard your heart. I don't care if you're with your brother. You have to guard your heart. Not speaking against, but guard your heart because you stand for. I stand for the word so much. I stand for the gospel so much that I'm not going to allow religion to divide me from you. It don't matter. You Baptist, I'm Christian. We all believe in the Trinity. I'm not going to allow theology to separate my believing in my respect I have for you. I'm not going to allow foolishness to rob me on how I feel about you. 
I'm not going to allow what you say, which God don't say, what you said, which God will never say. I will never see what you said because I'm going to believe what he said and he saw and he seen because I exist concerning me. Same goes for you. I'm not going to allow words to get into my attitude that caused to be negative and not positive. As for me and my house, I have to lift it up before God daily. Here it is unto you, God, and I'm receiving much more of what I need to do more than I ever have been for, did and done before, said before, felt before, encountered before. Today, something different happened to me. I went to sleep. I'm in a car. And on my right side, there's a huge field. And I made a huge, like a plantation, a huge field. And in the field, God has bagged up all kinds of food and also a fridge to put it in. It was so much food in these clear big bags and a refrigerator. He wrapped them also in a bag. They were black refrigerators, you know, and there were big bags of food. And some was going, some was riding past. And I said, oh, I can use some of that food. I can use some of that food. And the person was saying to me, you don't need any of that food. I'm not pulling over. I said, yes, I don't have any food. I need to go. Can you pull over, please? Can you be nice to me? Can you help me? Can you just have a heart concerning me and pull over so I can get some food? It's like the person wanted me to speak so low of myself. I am hungry. I only have a dozen of eggs. I only have a carton of milk. Can you please pass over? That's what the devil wants people to have us to feel so low like we're scum, but we are sons instead. Some people want you to beg without begging. Can you please up my pay? I'm about to get my life cut off. My wife, you know, she's not making that much. My kids need this, need that. Why do you have to give that much for you to give me less than what I just said? Some feel a thrill to hear you beneath physically or financially than they are. But the thing is, many of them want to keep hearing for those who do because they only have what they have because they think who God is and they not who he is. So they are incorrect. Some of us make our own money, live our own way, take care of our own family. Determine our own hopes, our own dreams. We give our own self a reality that we want for ourselves. But our life is not our own. So this person in the dream wouldn't want to pull over. They were like, you know what? I had to work for mine. You're going to work for yours. You're not going to go over there and get no handouts. You're not going to go over there and get no freebies. You're not going to go over there. And guess what? It was God over there packing up bags to give out to us for free. And I said, I got one for me. It's afforded unto me. It's given unto me. I'm going to go get what I can get. I don't care if I get out this car and go walk. And that's all God saying is, all that food that was in a dream is nothing but gifts. 
freely given over. And the refrigerators were nothing but a store place, like God calls a storehouse. And we are the Bethuel God, a place where he dwells. We are a house of God, a place where he lives. So, of course, he going to have everything we need in the fridge for him to be who he to be in our lives. I know you have to travel. There goes the grace for that. I know that you get married. There goes the grace for that. I know you have a family. There goes the grace for that. I know you have a company. I know you got to go to work. I know you got to do this and got to do that for all of us who do. We got things to do every day. He already prepared things inside of us for that. And every bag was something for every person. It was nothing too less, nothing too little. They all had the same amount. They had the same amount, but God used it in the physical sense. It was cartons of juice, cartons of milk, gallons of juice, gallons of milk. It was quarter, food, vegetables, fruit, all kinds of groceries. And they all symbolizes our gifts and a place to put them in, which is us as a vessel. And that person felt like, but they didn't know any better. They felt like, you know what? I'm working for mine. I don't, you're not going to go out there and get no freebies because it's good when you can stand up and say, I work hard for what I have. But the thing is, you didn't work hard for nothing because you didn't do nothing to receive what you have. You can't give yourself an ability that only God can give to do anything to bring anything to pass that only he have done. Doing things that he did. So all that was freely given. And the person was like, no, I'm not pulling over. I'm not pulling over. You should already have these things at home. You should already do these things. It was like I was... In the car with the devil himself. And my head was so low because for a second I was thinking about what they were saying. Maybe I should be working to get these things. Maybe I should already have food in my house. Maybe I should already have what's over there that I can freely get so I can have. Maybe I'm supposed to already have these things. Maybe I have to pay for what I see over there that's freely given. And that's what many of us think. I have to pay for marriage. I have to pay for healing. I have to pay to receive what I believe God to do. Because if I freely try to use faith, if I freely try to believe God, it looks like I have to go through a process of continuing to believe. I just want to believe one time, one purchase, and I get what I believe for. But I got to keep on believing because I'm not aware that that's causing me to grow. But I don't want to go through that to grow up. So instead, I'm just going to pay for it naturally what I can see in reality that's before me naturally and I can receive that in my life and I can have that as my reality naturally I can see what I'm putting my money into I can see right now results if I go to the store and give them cash there goes my meal but if I sit here and wait on God I may be hungry for a whole night long I don't want to go through what it takes to, you know, believe, excuse me, lean not to my understanding and only believe. And I'm looking past all the food that God's giving out to us. Freely passing things out, taking care of us. And I noticed that, hold on, this is free stuff. Why you want to get something free? Go work for it. That's like saying, why you want grace? Why you want a new covenant? 
That's not behavior based. Act good, talk good, dress good, live good so you can have and deserve good coming because you work for it. Don't you feel better to work for what you have? No, I feel better. No, he worked it out for me regarding me grabbing. Come on, so what? So, the person was having me to feel so low, like maybe I should have these things. My hair was so low. I felt so low. And I was like, I could have had all those things in my house, but you don't want to pull over. How mean are you? I didn't know where I was to go myself, to get dropped off and walk up and just be in the middle of nowhere carrying this big bag in his fridge, just dragging it down the street. It was like I was in the middle of nowhere. So I said, I'm just going to stay in the car, but I, we, can, we all can get a bag. It's free for everybody. No, we're going to work for what we have. And all of a sudden... All of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my hair was in the back seat so low. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why do I feel so low? And what does that even mean in the dream? Listen to the rest. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, There goes a voice that says, the whole earth will listen to you because I have prayed that they will. The whole earth will listen to your voice because that I have prayed for. Then all of a sudden, God took me out the car. I'm standing in the middle of this earth. And everybody is shouting all over the earth. Everybody's shouting. Every nationality. They didn't even have to know English. But they knew body language. They knew love language. And they all was listening like the voice of God said. I heard God's voice speaking the way he never spoke. Almighty God spoke to me audibly. And he said to me, the heart will listen to you. Because I prayed, I prayed, because I prayed that they listen to you. And I said, Father, you pray for me. God, I know Christ in the sea. Father, you pray. Who are you praying to? I'm praying to myself. I'm only moved by myself. And if anybody say or do or feel the opposite, I gotta stand in the gap. And set a reminder that it's only what I say. I hear everything. All the time, everywhere, and that things I hear is not ever what I would say. So I gotta keep saying to myself what I say over you, all of you. It's always gonna be what I say. It's always gonna be what I say. (laughs) 
And all of a sudden, the whole earth began to cheer and shout. And I said, wow. So the message is you're going to have to work on your speech. There's a speech for every come up. They got a drafting speech, a promotion speech, you know, a marital speech. Everybody want to make a toast, you know, give a speech. You want to give a, a testimony in church. There's a speech in every form of celebration and breakthrough. But you got to know how to give the speech. How to give the speech. There's a perfect testimony of Joseph. You have to think about Joseph right now and you have to allow whatever it was that called you to say what you thought you were going to say. Many of us have a camera in our face. We want to do an autobiography. We want to write a book about who have caused us hurt, who have caused us pain. Our father wasn't there. Our mothers wasn't there. We grew up in a poor neighborhood or I grew up wanting to do this and couldn't do that. I was stopped and, and God is not receiving no glory in that type of speech. It is is all for the glory that made through it all. See, the speech should sound like this. I was lost. Now I'm found. I was hungry. Now I eat. I was, you understand? I fell dead. Now I feel alive. I was sick. Now I'm healed. See, the reason why God told Moses not to cross over, you notice how he kept forgiving the Israelites. He even forgave them for worshiping a false God, but denied Moses to cross over. Moses did nothing compared to all the evil that they have done 40 years walking in the wilderness, looking washed out and feeling washed off when God has washed them up. So why did God give Moses such a severe punishment and allow them to still cross over when all they did was idol treat paganism? You understand witchcraft, lustful things, lies, complain, because Moses became a God to them. God told Moses, I need you to speak to the rock because they're going to know it's from God. Just like the fool fell from the kingdom. No one can ever do that but God. He appeared by pillar by day and fire by night. Who else can do that? Who else can do that? Moses offered them to come and see the face of God and they were scared. They were scared of the one they worship. But you know what's so crazy is that they were scared to see him appear. One time, you know, Moses said, you can't see or you will die. It's too great for you. And then he said, you can't see. And it was like, you don't know, no, we're scared. You're scared to see him in appearing in a burning bush as a burning bush, but yet you burn using fire, metal, and all kinds of silver and all kinds of equipment to make a golden calf. You made that golden calf with a fire, but you didn't want to see God to appear in a fire in a bush. You crazy. So the reason why God told Moses, you're not going, period, because you stole my glory. 
He said, when you speak to the rock and for my glory, he got so irritated by all their complaints that they drowned out his obedience unto God as a messenger of God. And he stroked it and they began to drink. They were satisfied with Moses and not with God because they saw Moses doing the, the deed and not it coming from God. Even though they are aware it coming from God, but they're thanking Moses instead of thanking God because you don't want to put your hands to it. But God's the one said, just speak to it so I can release because I put my hands to it. You can't rob me of my glory. You can't try to steal my glory. And any of us who want to steal God's glory, you will not cross over to the other side. You're going to be right where you are at a standstill. It's like I'm doing all I can. It's like I'm going somewhere, but I'm really not arriving nowhere. I'm getting a little bit, but it's not what I need to be afforded unto me. God said to me, I was never, it was never in me to call anybody a shepherd. And we don't mean no harm by it, but we keep saying shepherds of a house of God. God never said, I'm going to give you a shepherd. He said, I'm going to give you a pastor. You better hear this. See, we put too much in people. I, I get the honor. I get it. But we better get it right. So you can get it good. Because Christ said, he's a shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. And Christ only said to us regarding him as our shepherd is to feed my sheep and my sheep know my voice. He never said, I need you all to become a shepherd to feed my sheep. He said, no, I am that and you just feed. So we keep saying you're the shepherd of this house and you're the shepherd of that temple and you're the shepherd of that synagogue and you're the shepherd of that cathedral. You're the shepherd of that tick or in the basement. It doesn't matter where we go and preach and pastor. We are not to call anyone shepherd. It's amazing how he said he's Lord of us lords. You call somebody a Lord. He king of us kings. You can call somebody a king, but you can't call nobody a shepherd. He never said that. He never said add in. No, what God said in Revelation, don't add in and don't take away from my word. We added that in there because you're feeding us and we are sheep. You are the shepherd. No, we're looking at the pastors as if we are the Israelites looking at Moses from when he stroked that rock and not speak to it. They were cheering and shouting inside because they were so relieved to get the water. Whether they did it physically or not, they were looking at Moses as they should have been looking at God. And God doesn't want that. A lot of times we say it's not that serious. When it comes to God, it's not to take for granted. So you go figure how serious it really is when it comes to him receiving what belongs only to him. So in that dream, I just stood in the middle of the earth and everybody began to just shout and want to hear what God had to say through me. All nationalities, all races, and some didn't even know English, but they all knew the language. You better get that. They knew the love language. Everywhere I went, it was like that for me. Everywhere I went. So you need to be prepared for your speech. Your speech is a speech that Joseph said. It's all for the glory. When it comes to drafting, the first thing they ask, all these necessary questions that they feel, but they're actually unnecessary. When they say things like, you know, where's your father? Oh, he wasn't there. My mom was there. You know, when did you grow up in school? Does any of that matter? What matters is I'm right here. You're not going to make me feel like 
I'm, you know, receiving a favor from you. Like you pulling me out of a way I used to live. You taking me out of poverty to give me a life. No, my gifting has paved the way for me because my father has gifted me. That's why God needs to be glorified in all that we do and all that we say because it set the record straight because my mother cannot take God's credit. My athletic skills cannot take God's credit. My form of education can't take God's credit. Nothing in me can take God's credit. Even a witty and vicious God placed in me cannot take God's credit. My spouse, my kids, nothing can take God's credit because God is the one who did it. That's our speech. It was nothing and no one but God. We got too many biographies at the movies and we're looking at people's lifestyles and all they're talking about is what people didn't do. I was raped and I was hungry. I was in the car and all these things. It's like, it sounds really pitiful. You better hear that because God is not being glorified in that. We're looking more about the downfall than looking at, you know, them being lifted high. Because we leave in the movies thinking about, Dad, you've been through all that? Not even thinking about, but you're not in that no more. But God, but God. We don't even think about the but God. We think about what you've been through before God came. That we feel, but the whole time he was there all along. We have to let people know God is always there. We just see it in truth. We don't tell the whole story about our God. We tell how we felt, what we went through, how bad it hurt, how bad, you know, we were just misunderstood, how bad we were, you know, being persecuted on the job. Yeah, I got fired, but, you know, I mean, look at me now. See? Joseph had to go through a process to let all that go. None of the guards, no one in the palace knew what his brothers done. But if he kept on going that way, they would have found out. And it wasn't unto the glory of God if they did. Because the glory of God is what he did after what the devil was trying to do. It's like the devil tried to kill me, but here I am today. Thank you, God. I was in that car accident, but here I am today. Thank you, God. That's God receiving glory out of our lives. Whenever God used that very thing to prosper us, that's how God receives the glory. That very same thing that he used to prosper us, that is. And back to this dream, the person that kept telling me, no. You're not going to get that free stuff. You're not going to get all that. You got to work for what you're going to get. That person, someone whispered in that person's ear and said, she is the one who knew the right thing to do. And all of a sudden, my whole life transformed. I was beyond rich, earthly. It was God's rich and earth rich. There are no comparisons. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. I was so rich that money was just too less for me. I was rich in all that I done. It was like, oh my God. And God said, I prayed for this life for you. And I'm telling you, to go wherever, you can buy a country. You can buy whatever you want to. However you want to. That's how rich God began to transform my life in this dream. It wasn't about no trillions, gazillions. It was just rich. You just rich. You are just rich. Rich resources, rich financially, rich in love, rich in joy, rich in family, rich in everything you put your hands to, everything prosper. My God. And that person in the dream was like, oh, I had no idea that we could have all this. I had no idea she had all that. 
a part of me was like, you heard it, me. You didn't believe in me. You put me down for those who did. Like, you wanted to compete with my process of me having to let things go to hold on to God and things he told me to let go, you were accumulating more of and you wanted to compete with me. But I denied all of that. It wasn't no look at me now. It was them confessing. Look what the Lord has done. I had too much that everybody around me was rich. I couldn't keep all that. It's too much for me. And he said, you would give to many nations and you should never, ever borrow. I seen it. I lived it in that dream. Now, God will show you and tell you before he show you and tell you. And that means before it shows up. You're already aware of what's about to show up. And I start thinking that the partner God has chosen for me before I got here, before I was formed in my mother's womb, it's very supportive. Everything that I do, I can feel like I just listened, I just seen, and there goes her doing something else. My God. It's not like, okay, woman, you know, chill. Or no, it's like something. Okay, okay, God, go ahead. You know, just go ahead, God, use her. I'll see it, I'll hear it, I'll, you know, do whatever to support it. When I get a chance, because I just heard something, there goes something else. I feel it every time he does that. And sometimes I used to hold back at first, like, I don't want to feel like, you know, you got to keep listening. Every time it's back to back to back, God say, he know when to listen and when not. You just keep releasing it. Don't hold nothing in. You a fountain. <laughs> so I kept letting it out. And it's up to him, whatever he can hear. But the reason why I say that, because he's on it. He's supportive because he's aware he's a part of it. It's not just listen to her and see this. No, intercede. Let's pray. Let's get thanks. Let's listen because we are a part of this. Everything that touched me is shall to prosper. Everything that touched you is shall to prosper. Talking about one place. Think about all kinds of locations. You're going to an island to a different location regarding your way of living, regarding your business, regarding your book sale, whatever it can be, it's going to be in multiple places. Now you imagine that. People everywhere want to receive what you can do. So it can't just stay how it is. It got to be at this place there. Because you can't just have one big place because it may not be convenient for them way over there. You got some places in the north, some in the south, some in the east, some in the west, some in Australia, some in Asia, some in Antarctica. Some, you understand? North America, South America, Europe. Places in between the cracks. Places that he used you to build in the earth, giving you land that no one has, that has your name on it. There goes your business over there. There goes another house for you over there. You know, it's so beautiful to, you know, not just lay and relax. It's so beautiful to know you're doing the exact 
so you can chill and relax. You better hear that. I don't want to lay back and have no bubble, bubble, bubbles, and I'm just not doing anything. No, I'm persevering. I'm standing. All I do is stand. Things that had to leave, they are gone, and there are room for things to come to appear. God, they go a location there for whatever you want to do with me there. There, 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 there. And don't think your spiritual leaders don't see the potential in you. And I come against anybody leader who feel threatened, who feel jealous, because there are pastors out there, people out there who are jealous of what you doing because you could be doing something much bigger than what they're doing. But we have to stay humble. That's like a mother or a father being jealous of his son because his son taking off more than he has. But the thing is, he feel guilty because he don't have no say so or he has no reason to feel like, okay, it's because of me you're taking off. No, it's because of God. And many of us want that recognition. And because we can't be recognized in that area, then we just be upset about it. And we start hating. I didn't help you write that book. You didn't. I didn't even convince you to write a book, but you written a book. And everybody want to read your book. But I'm your mother. Or I'm your father. I'm your sister and brother. So, you know, I feel bad. I look bad because I can't even take credit for helping you write that book. That means I wasn't there for you. See how we go all the way outside of what we're not supposed to? It gets better with the generation. Many say, many love you. Many like to hear your words. Oh, what you trying to say? Y'all don't love me anymore? I've been here all this time. Are oh, you just going to hop on the wagon? No. See? You're a part of it. You're a part of it. So I come against any leader that would try to sit somebody down because they feel like you could take over. No, no one's here to take over. We're here to make over. Hmm. How many times you've been somewhere someone was jealous of what you was just doing naturally? You weren't trying to be on the scene. You weren't trying to be hurt. You were just doing what God had you to do. And people see your potential on your job or at home or in the ministry. don't care where it is. And they just felt like, you know, they felt threatened by you. You're so good at this. It's not that I'm better than you. It's that I need you to pull out what's embedded in me. Because I've been tagged. You tagged me. I'm at. Many of us want to be it and just stay. We've been it. No, you don't just live and don't pass it down to the next person who's living. I can't focus on preparing my son for earth. Naturally, I got to prepare him for a legacy supernaturally given to him from God. That's so profound, so divine. And it seems so surreal. God already have a plan for my son. I don't have to create one. I don't care how much money God used me to give my son, how much property I have to give my son, the things that God placed in Quenisha Janice Hood to do for my son, it could never compare to what God giving him regarding his portion for him being a son of God. So I got to prepare him for that move. And it's going to be more than mine. I'm not preparing for a natural legacy. I'm preparing him for a supernatural legacy. That's already given to him. And now me trying to work that I believe is mine and release over to him. That's why many of us families are torn down now. We think about a natural legacy so much. You keep the house. You keep the vehicles. You keep what I get. You keep, you keep, you keep. And it causes division because somewhat what the other person has. And it's pretty much saying, I trust you with this, but not you. So there goes the vision. How come you get to have the house? How come you get to have the royalties? How come you get to have the asset? How come things left to you? I'm a child too. See, God doesn't do that. He gives us all a great portion.
So I focus more on a supernatural legacy. That's paving the way for me and my kid and my home. And as for me and my house, come on, somebody. See, to make the best decision is to make a godly decision. I'm going to pray for mine. I'm going to sow seed for mine. I even had someone in the kingdom to tell me, no, tithe. Make sure you always tithe. Matter of fact, promise me that you will never stop tithing. Because that's seed for you and your family. You already investing in your family. See, we keep trying to make natural investments. And guess what? The earth going to keep trying to rob it. Because things going to go up every year. They're going to try to snatch it in any way they can. There goes a bank. All of a sudden, want to up how much you want to give unto them for the loan you got. Come on, somebody. It's like no matter how much money we borrow or get, we have to give so much more back. But with God, we get back more than we give. And that's all God was trying to tell me my whole life here. And I'm thinking that he's getting on my nerves and he's been so rude and been so mean. But you spared me. I don't even know what being in debt is. I never owed nothing past, you understand, $500. And that was because I got a loan one time. And I was just touching the waters. God said, don't. And I did. And when they doubled it, I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. And I give my account information or anything to give them permission to take it out so I can get the loan. And they took my money. Oh, no, you you didn't go on my account to take my money. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, God. Okay, God, I learned. I learned. I learned. You understand? God's not going to have me to borrow to look successful. He's not going to have any of us to do that. There's not prosperity to owe people back that we just got some as a front. Prosperity is I get and I don't have to give it back. We believe in God to be debt free, but still accumulating more debt. Everything that we have, he will give it to you. He's a provider. Do you know? I didn't know that as a woman, I had so much. There were some women that were older, like in their 50s, who were trying to have a baby. And I said, Father, I could donate some of my, you know, fertilized in eggs to give to them to fertilize their eggs. Excuse me, not fertilize. Oh, God. My eggs for their eggs to be fertilized. <laughs> and God said, don't you dare do that. I thought I was helping them. God said, no, just believe that I can open up their womb like I open up yours. Stop shortening me. We have things that's set up to have us to think that it's God helping us or it's God blessing us. We just doing things to be nice and do things that we think is right. For an example, a sperm bank, that's not God's idea. He had me to watch a movie just for me to know that's not my idea. You can believe me for a woman to conceive and a man to give forth a seed. I would never say strangers go in there and touch themselves and watch pornography to have their body thoughts put in a cup and put in a stranger and deny their legacy. Their legacy come out of that man in another family who's being raised differently. 
that I have prepared a way for them to live supernaturally. No, that's not my idea. It seemed like a good idea, a nice idea, but it's not a godly idea because you have to believe only in me. Believe that I can flood up your womb. Believe that I can have you to release a seat. If you don't believe, then you just don't believe in me. Simple as that. God says sperm bank is just like Hagar and Abraham. Use someone who you know can to bring forth what God never said just so you can have what you want in a way that God never written. Because we just can't wait. A sperm bank just means we impatient to have kids. That's what God pretty much said. Flat out. Now adoption is great because the kids are already here. They don't have nowhere to go. And that's why many kids today, they feel with so much, you know, hunger to want to know where they from. I love you. I thank you for raising me. But I want to know who do I belong to? And that's why they got all these programs to research to find your biological family. There's no way that anybody in the orphanage would not have a little small. You may be angry. Why they give me up? But you really want to know who is the, who the person who giving me up? Who did this? Who responsible for this? You understand? Seriously. That dream did something to me. I heard the voice of God audibly. He said, the whole earth will listen to you. Because I have prayed that they will. Wow. You prayed that for me? And then when I see how rich. It was like so rich that it, it just didn't make no earthly sense. I'm going to give you guys a small testimony. In a dance ministry, right? You know, we're ladies for the most part. You know, it used to be some men, but you know, they're coming. And, you know, we... I told her to get there like two hours early because some want to curl their hair, put the glitter to makeup, you know, get dressed very slow, take your time, la, 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 la. And that was never me. Even though I have all of that at home, you know, sitting in front of a vanity and, you know, makeup, glitter, does my own styles, my own cosmetics, my own everything. But I don't ever take longer than 10 minutes to just do my makeup and all that. It doesn't take me long to do those things at all. Now I may just want to take my time and go pray, go fix breakfast while I just put on my makeup, but it's never just sit two hours and just do makeup and hair. I can never take that long, but that's just to each his own. So, you know, sometimes we curry and we go on things as ladies, we, we curry like 10 outfits and 10 things of makeup and four pairs of shoes we're trying to choose from. So we got all this luggage. And I see these awesome recurring all this luggage. I'm like, oh, my God. They're like, where your stuff at? I'm like, it's right here. They're like, in that bag? I'm like, it's right. This is my stuff right here. And you know what's so amazing? It was like a Barney bag. I pulled out the top drape to put on the outfit. And I went and just put on my lipstick to glitter so quick. And they were like, oh, my God, all that was in that bag. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not 
quantity, ooh, angel. It's not quantity like you got like 50 things in that bag, you did it that fast. No, what looked like 50 things only used three. <laughs> oh my God. Because the thing is, they learn from that. Because what it is, is that if I'm going on vacation, like we normally do, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we pack overpack because we're like, I might want this, I might want that. But if you think about where you're going on your vacation, you will know that the atmosphere is already set. That's why you chose that place for a vacation. So it's not what I wear to make me have a good time. It's not how many clothes I need to bring, not how many bathing suits. No, it's just that I'm bringing whatever, you understand, that's in me to already know I'm going to have a good time because everything that I really want to encounter is already at that place. So it's not the clothes that's making me have a good time. It's where I'm going that I know I'm going to have a great time. So if I'm going to a beach. It's not me wearing 15 bathing suits at the same beach. No, it's just me encountering things at the beach every time. You understand? And that's how it is in ministry and everything I do for me. It's like, you know, I'm not sitting hours trying to look pretty when the atmosphere already set for you guys to receive God through me and not God on me. You understand? So that's a huge lesson. And trust me, if you want to take hours, you go ahead and have fun doing that. You, I'm not saying don't do that to each his own. But I realized that, you know, I should take seven outfits for a one day trip or two day trip. And all these bathing suits and buying all this extra stuff. I'm going to need like eight swimsuits. I'm going to need like 10 pairs of shoes. I need all this makeup. I just bought the whole place in my bag. And I didn't use half of nothing. Because I was spending so much time in the atmosphere where I was going to want to enjoy myself. It was a location that was already set up for me to enjoy myself. That's why I chose that place for a vacation. For a location. To have a vacation. So it's like, for example, if my enjoyment is going to Costa Rica, there's nothing that I can think that's going to have me to wear to make sure it's going to be what the atmosphere is already waiting for me to encounter because it's already set for me. The waves are already there. The sand is already there. The beautiful room, the room service on board is already there. I just have to show up and have fun while I'm there. So a lot of times we overthink so many things. How many times we take so much and don't use none of it? So when we think about the excitement is where we going, we think less of overspending. We think less of overpacking. You understand? Current is heavy. You're just pulling along these heavy duffel bags for things we're not even going to wear. But some of us feel like, you know, at least I have a lot of choices to choose from. But trust me. If you're thinking about what you're going to do when you get there, you would know this outfit for this, this outfit for that. You know, it would, it would, it would shed a lot of that stuff away. You understand? And that's why when I go out, I don't have much. I don't have oil. I don't carry all these Bibles and all these things to give out to people. No, I just go and allow God to supply as I'm going along. And sometimes he put things in your hand before you go. And there are times he put things in your hands while you are going. But it's all unto him what he chooses to do. Just be the vessel to have fun. Just be the vessel to minister and all that you do. Be the vessel to have a great time. Don't overthink things too much. Many of us spend 20 hours trying to look good for five seconds that people didn't even see any of that. They just saw what was inside. 
Then you got to spend another three hours taking all that crap off and taking all the clothes back that you didn't even choose to wear. When it comes to us doing anything in ministry, yes, look great. You better put on your Sunday best, but don't think about that's what makes the Sunday. That's not what makes the Sunday. It's letting the one who is the maker of it all, which created every day of the week, to be seen in her and encountered. He know what outfits to get you. He know what you would need, where you would go. I'm trying to tell you. A lot of times we overdo it. We don't have to. Hallelujah. We spend so much money on things we don't even use. Don't ever say, I'm going to do it because I have it to get it. Oh, don't do that. That's no wisdom at all. Hallelujah. It's my time for now. That dream did something to me. I'm telling you guys, my life is forever changed. I was like, wow, for God to pray for me to himself. Now, if he's doing that for me, I know he's doing that for you. But God said, get back to the speech. Nobody's speech should be, I was broken. I was upset. I was angry. I was raped. You know, you can testify that. But when you are in a moment of shine, because you are in breakthrough, that's not an atmosphere to talk about the trouble. It's to testify of the triumph. You know, now you may be asked, you know, to, you know, to do this and, you know, what have you been through? And if God lead you to testify because your testimony is going to bless people. But when it comes to a speech, you know, a speech means you have a short period of time to be heard for everybody to hear what you have to say. It's like a moment of silence. You choose to say that out of all the things you could have said. Now, you're going to have a chance to say all kinds of things people are going to want to know about you, but that's called testimony. But when it comes to a speech, see, Joseph was right there. He took everything off and he said, I am Joseph. It was for the glory. It wasn't brothers, you heard it me. How could you brothers? No, it's for the glory. Many of us say, yeah, my father wasn't there. Yeah, forget that deadbeat. That's how I look at me now. And many of us think, okay, we're blessed because we were cursed. Or we're blessed because we were troubled. We're, the greater the outcome, the worse your life was. That's what we're pretty much telling people. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, it's afforded unto you to have a great life because you've been through hell. Are you kidding me? That's not how our God operates. It's through it all, he used that very thing to cause us to prosper. What the devil tried to destroy us with. To God be all the glory. Hallelujah. I just thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. I love you all so much. I thank God for you so much. I'm looking in my closet. I had to get some things away. It was too much. It wasn't no way to put a lot of these things. I thank God for blessing other people with the things that I had. Someone went in my closet and, you know, I was like, you know, pick whatever you want out of my closet. And I'm going to tell you, this woman was picking my favorites. Everything she picked, I was like, mm-mm. No, not that. <laughs> what else? Mm-mm. <laughs> not that. <laughs> and I told her to try something on. You know, she's a lot, a lot smaller than me. And I was like, mm, that looks good on you, you know. It looks good on you. But to see my stuff on somebody else, it's like, wow, you know. You know, it looks great on you. But I was like, uh, Father, I shouldn't have said that. Let me just give, you know, things away and let me just buy some stuff 
to, you know, hand out to people that would still have tags on it. But I gave them some things away. I, I couldn't take all that. It was too much. It was weighing my bars down too much in my closet. I'm telling you, it was weighing it down. Like it was just hanging. Like I didn't want it to fall. And I was like, okay, God, even my son, you know, he went on a shopping spree too, but he's still growing. I'm not. <laughs> so his shopping still continues. But I just thank God that um, that woman came in and tried to get all the stuff that I really like. I'm like, you ain't picking nothing. I was like, go ahead, you had that. No, she wanted everything. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> Put that back. And that's my favorite color, which is rainbow. But, you know, I look very nice in all colors, but I like pink. So I was like, you better put my pink dress back. You better put that dress back. That's my dress, girl. So I just thank God that, you know, she really wanted that dress. I really want my dress too. Yeah, that's that. You know, and I just thank God for everything that, you know, I don't have to go shopping. If I, I would never have to go shopping again. I would never have to go. What I mean by that is we thinking that the clothes, you know, we need more clothes. We really don't. Is that we just want to wear new stuff. <laughs> you know, we just get bored fast and we created to, you know, get bored fast because God is always creating, always doing something new. So we created to, you know, enjoy seeing new things. And I just thank God for me going shopping again, but I just don't really need, that's not a priority right now. Nowhere near. But I just thank God for that dream. I am so blessed by that dream. Father, thank you for that dream. I thank you for that. That meant so much to me. Thank you for everything. You are so amazing. Thank you. You know, work on your speech and how you work on your speech is to let go all the hurt, all the pain, release all the people who you feel like you thought you were going to mention. If someone was to say, so tell us about your breakthrough. Oh, well, it was, it was painful. I mean, it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot, you know, I, God, I know I was going to wake up some days. That's not glorifying God. That's glorifying Satan because he know he's the one who caused that. And you're mentioning his trouble. But if you're mentioning the triumph, if you're mentioning, you know, you pushing past the trial and tribulations, that's how God is exalted. That's how God is glorified. So be mindful how you and I release a speech. And God told me about my speech when I was, you know, very, I was a kid. He said, I'm going to prepare you for your speech. I was not aware I was going to go through all of that that he already seen so I can release a speech. And what my speech is. I was lost, now I'm found. To God be the glory in all that I do. You know, everything that I went through is unto the glory of God, basically. Thank you, Father, for being so faithful. Thank you, God, for helping me through. Thank you, God, for restoring my family, friendships, citizens, all kinds of things. Thank you, God. To God be the glory. It was no one but God. You know, he gets all the credit. Who made those cookies? God bless me. You know, he put it in me to make those. He wants to be mentioned in everything because he is. You know, I thank you, Father, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen.